sort of an interesting story first as we get rolling and people start joining up to listen to the show. Um, and that is about The Rock. Can you smell what The Rock is cooking? Because I can smell it and it doesn't smell good to me. So let me go over this. Early in the week, he put this interview out. Okay, it says Dwayne Johnson says political parties asked if he could run for president and showed him data proving that he'd be a contender. It was one party after the other. So he's saying both political parties came to him and pitched him on the idea of him running for president. Okay, directly after he does this, he goes to Congress and does a photo op. Okay, I can see politics is already aging the man. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but he's there with Chuck Schumer, you know, Democrat senator from New York, very clearly sending a message. Okay, so it appeared to me he's chosen a side. However, then he shows up on Joe Rogan. And now let's take a look at what happened on Joe Rogan. And I may stop it because what you're going to notice here, I might not stop it, but you're going to notice something. The man is extremely uncomfortable taking any political position firmly, okay? It's very clear that he knows he needs to tiptoe around things. And so, you know, while Joe Rogan is just spitting in this interview, I mean, he is on fire, he's correct, everything he's saying is, you know, I, I, I'm in agreement with Joe Rogan. The Rock could not be more uncomfortable here and very clearly has his own plan in place for, you know, he wants to run for president, let's just say it. I mean, whether it's in 2024 or 2028, that's yet to be seen, but he has his eyes on running for president. So let's go ahead and play this video. Military industrial complex that wants us to go to war. They profit off war. Mm. And they can, you know, if they're the people that are funding political campaigns and they have massive amounts of money that they're using as influence, they can make certain politicians make decisions that are not in the best interests of the United States or the, the people that are the citizens. Mm -hmm. They can do things entirely to make money. You know, like, you, you see it, and you, you see, like, the amount of money that's involved in something like Ukraine, whether or not you're pro us helping Ukraine or not. Where did we come up with all that money, and why don't we have that money to fix America? There was one point in time we talked about this where there was six billion dollars they accidentally paid to Ukraine. They overpaid them six billion dollars. Well, that's the exact amount of money it would take to rebuild every single house in Maui. Exactly. Yeah, and no, no discussion about that at all. Instead, the Maui people get seven hundred dollars yeah. a one time. I just want to point out. We'll go back to this in a second. That if the most political courage you can muster as a guest on Joe Rogan, as he's feeding you this, handing you softballs, is mm-hmm, yeah, exactly. I don't want you anywhere near the levers of power. Very clearly somebody who wants more the image of being president than actually doing the job of being president, okay? If you're afraid to have a political backbone, I don't want you anywhere, okay? Now, we'll watch the rest of this. My payment, which is insane. What, what are we? Are we a community yeah. or are we not? If we have the money to donate to some guy who was a fucking literally used to be a stand-up comedian who used to play piano with his dick that's Zelensky he, used to, he did a thing he, there's a video of him playing piano with his dick it was like one of his routines wow he was a comedian and he played a character on a television show the rock is terrified to be seen as coming out against Zelensky here I mean if you're watching if you're listening it's hard to see this but if you're watching you can see he does not want to say anything 
that could possibly offend Zelensky. So he's extremely uncomfortable here. And by the way, you know, do I agree with the crass language of Joe Rogan? No, but he is absolutely correct. This was the job Zelensky had before he became president. He was a comedian there. A lot of people still don't know this, that Zelensky was a comedian slash actor who even played the part of a president before he actually officially ran for president of Ukraine. So let's continue. Zelensky was, was a comedian? Yes, Zelensky was a comedian. And he played a character of a regular guy who becomes the president. I forget what his job was in real life. But he becomes a president and then ran for president in real life and became president. And we're just sending this guy billions, billions and billions and billions of dollars. And some of it is just like, where is it all going? Like, do, do we have an accurate account of like... I want to stop right there. No, Joe Rogan, we do not have an accurate account. There is no requirement for Ukraine to give us any accounting of the billions of dollars we have given them as a country. There is zero accounting, zero, and I mean zero. There have been members in Congress who have tried to get that accounting, and it has been shut down at every level. They would not put it into any bill, a requirement to have them account for where they put this money. And on the flip side of this, we have had members of Zelensky's inner circle actually admit that there is massive corruption this money is being used all over the place you have never seen more ukrainian officials buying mansions and supercars let's continue who is anybody siphoning this like yeah we know that there's massive amounts of corruption all over the world when it comes to this kind of stuff like where's that money going yeah this is nuts yeah why don't we have that money to fix inner cities why don't we have that money for infrastructure why don't we yeah mm-hmm exactly yeah mm -hmm. honestly i can't i can't even do the rest of this it's 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 insulting but that's going to be the entire campaign whenever he runs for president is some insulting like vanilla mm -hmm. look at me i'm the rock can you smell what the rock is i'm over it already um and i can pretty much guarantee you okay we can go back to this tape when he runs for president one day i will tell you what the campaign will be he's going to say i'm socially liberal on many things I'm conservative fiscally, but you know what he really is? He will cave to the woke. That's what he is, okay? Even on things where maybe he will try to take a decent stance for sake of populism because he knows that it would be broadly popular among Americans, the woke will come after him. And when they do, he will cave. You might say, why do you think that, Robbie? Well, it's very simple. During COVID, that was the test for people. That was the test of your mental fortitude on these issues. And guess what? The Rock promoted the vaccine, okay? Promoted it well after we knew there were issues. And he continued with the masking, okay? Promoted that. In fact, you know, despite the fact that this is now what we all see, you know, like this report from Daily Mail saying face masks may raise the risk of stillbirth, testicular dysfunction, cognitive decline due to the buildup of carbon dioxide. He was pushing that. In fact, pushing it with the moral quandary, the moral lie that if you didn't wear it, you know, essentially there was something wrong with you. Why can't you just do this for the sake of other people? Why can't you just do this for grandma? Why, why do you insist on putting grandma in danger? And that was, of course, never the question for people who didn't want to be force masked. But that was what got brought back is how can we make you feel like you're morally inferior unless you do this thing and comply with this thing we are telling you you have to do. OK, so it's disgusting manipulation, but he played right into it during COVID. And 
that weakness that he showed well after people knew there were problems tells you everything that you need to know in my mind. So I smell what the rock is cooking here and it stinks. I have no interest in a rock presidency in a rock, you know, getting into politics at all. He can state his personal opinion. That's great. That's fine. He is totally allowed to do that as United States of America. He's allowed to run for president, but I, I, I will have nothing to do with it. I mean, I think, I think it's ludicrous. And my bet is, He's either going to run as a Democrat, trying to say like, "Oh, we're he's going to pose it as we're we're going to somewhat moderate the Democratic Party," you know, after they lose in twenty four, or he's going to run as an independent that says, "You know, I'm left leaning on this stuff, right leaning on this stuff," and he's going to try to be Switzerland, okay? But Switzerland is no longer possible in politics, okay? It might be possible in Switzerland, but I'm not even sure it's possible there. It's not possible here, okay? You have to stake real positions, real claims, and have the intestinal fortitude to stand with those positions, okay? The Rock would essentially be, you know, the type of person, say he was president one day, where the bureaucracy would run everything because he would defer to, quote, policy experts, and he would call, my policy experts tell me this. You know, he would be an actor. He would be there for being the president role, you know, that, that, that's it. It adds to the resume of like life achievements. This is a guy you've got to understand. Don't get me wrong. Very accomplished guy. Okay. Very accomplished. And that is what is at the core of his desire to run for president is that he has to continue to climb mountains. That's, that's his psyche. He has to climb the next mountain. And that seems like a very difficult mountain to climb. And that's what excites someone like him. What's dangerous about that is people with that psyche tend to be willing to do anything to get to the top of that mountain. And when you're willing to do anything, you will sell people out and you will do things and stab people in the back that you should not stab in the back or do, you know? Um, and so I've got a lot of issues with that. However, um, you know what? We are gonna we're gonna continue this. I, I, I'm gonna play a little bit more of it. Defending this, like, took all the tents out and they put fences up. A bunch of world leaders, but Xi Jinping particularly, and so they cleaned up all the homelessness. They they took all the tents out and they put fences up everywhere, where the, so the people can't can't camp out anymore. We don't even know what they did with them. I was just going to ask, what did they do with them? See, the, see if you can find a video of it. It's crazy. And then you got Gavin Newsom on TV who's making excuses for it. He's like, yeah, we did. Well, when people come over to visit, you know, you uh, you clean your house up. Like, how about you fucking clean your Take house care up of it first. all the time? Yes. If you can do this now, you could do this always. I'm assuming you did something ethically responsible with those people and housed them and put them up somewhere. I'm hoping that's what you did. Did you just move their tent to the fucking middle of the desert or something? What have you done? Before and after pictures. Yeah. Insane. Well, this is just a couple of pictures, but the really wild ones are the fences. They put fences up everywhere so the people can't that's camp the, there anymore. They put troughs up right there. What are the troughs for? What? I don't know. That's weird. What are those for? <laughs> troughs are weird. But they hose down all the streets. Like, hey, guys. Why don't you fucking do this all the time? Like, why isn't this always like this? Yeah. This is what San Francisco used to be like. You ruined it. Now we know that you could fix it and fix it quick. Now we should be really upset. As upset as people were before about the homeless problem in San Francisco, they should be fucking furious about it now because they always had the ability to fix it to quickly. Fix it. Yes. And they brought San Francisco back quickly to safe and clean and no homeless people in the street. Now, is this temporary? Are you going to go right back to, to tents when Xi Jinping leaves? That's crazy. Where'd they go? Do we know? Did I don't they... know. 
what's the explanation? It's wild. It's like, oh, you could have always done this? Yeah. Why didn't you do this from the beginning? Yeah. What Nordstrom's wouldn't have had to close. All those Walgreens, all those, everything's closed in San Francisco. They're all leaving the, the city. It's like the city's a fucking zombie wasteland. And you could have cleaned. So again, he's unwilling to stake a real position on this. However, I just want to, I want to dive in on what Joe's saying here. So this was the before picture of San Francisco before Xi Jinping came to visit. Okay. And um, this is just one street of many. This is the after. This is what it looked like as soon as it was important enough to actually do something about it, which took a communist world leader coming to town, not, you know, um, regular old American citizens just wanting to be safe. <laughs> you know, it was years of destruction and, and filth and poop on the streets and drugs and kids getting attacked and moms getting attacked and so on and so forth. Um, but as soon as Xi Jinping comes to town from China, the streets are all cleaned up, okay? And um, I just, I wanna play you this video too because um, guess what country this was in, okay? Ready? Okay, so I would like to know where they got all these people to show up in Cape for President Xi in the United States of America. That video is from the United States of America in San Francisco, not in China. This was not Beijing. This was in San Francisco, California, here in the United States of America. Okay, and they have all these people out there with communist Chinese flags, waving them around, cheering for President Xi. I would like to know where they found these people. And if they were not brought in, okay, um, which would be its own scandal, and I don't think they were, then I have another question. Did they pay people to hold these? Or even worse, were families in China threatened or maybe rewarded for getting family members here who have come here through a legal mechanism to do this? Because I can tell you, I my entire life, I don't think I've met one person who has immigrated here from China who's been a big fan of the Chinese government, with the exception of, you know, the folks who end up sort of sussed out as plants who were put here by communist China. And so, you know, are, are these people who are plants for communist China? Are these spies? I mean, I, I genuinely have no idea who, why would you move here? If you love communist China, you want to fly the flag, you love Xi Jinping, why move to the United States of America? And why the hell are we as a country going, yeah, you know what? So cool. We love that you're a communist. Come on in. Here's your papers. You're legal here. Get to work. Come, you know, and meddle in our system and try to flip us into some version of the CCP. Why would we ever allow this? Can anybody explain that to me? If you can explain it to me, call in. Our call-in number is open, 615-703-5888. If you want to talk about The Rock trying to run for president or Xi Jinping coming to town and then finally getting their act together in San Francisco, go ahead and call in. Um, we're going to be diving into the Elon Musk situation in a second. You can call in about that as well. Um, but I just thought, you know, this is really a reflection of where the Democratic Party is at. And it's a sort of cowardice I would expect from somebody like The Rock if he were to run. In fact, you know what a perfect, if I had to take a business situation and compare it to The Rock, it would be Bud Light, okay? A brand that tries to be all American for a long, long time, and then wokeness comes in, 
and it puts its teeth in and it pressures that person. They feel it and they think, oh, I have to satiate these people. And then they do something stupid like this. Do you know what this is? This is an exclusive document um, that the uh, Crowder show got. Okay, so it was exclusive to the Crowder show. This is now going all over online. This is a financial document showing that Bud Light did in fact pay Dylan Mulvaney. That's that's a breaking story because the Bud Light company and CEO had claimed that they did not pay Dylan Mulvaney. Well, in fact, this financial document from internally at Anheuser-Busch, it shows that they paid $185,000 to Dylan Mulvaney. Okay, 185000 to Dylan Mulvaney. It also shows they paid 275000 to Martha Stewart, which <laughs> I don't know where, whose idea was that? Who was like, we really need an ad of Martha Stewart drinking Bud Light um, or Neil Patrick Harris. Like, I just, I don't even understand these things. The girl who played Wednesday, Jenna Ortega, why? Who, who watches any of these people drinking a beer and goes, oh, you know what I need right now? I need me a Bud Light. Nobody, <laughs> literally nobody. The target market of Neil Patrick Harris is somebody who would never be caught dead with a Bud Light. They drink like Stella Artois or whatever they call it. And Dylan Mulvaney, I mean, I don't know what they drink. I don't even, I'm not sure. I mean, I think vodka, probably straight. Um, probably the only way to get through the day with that one. Um, Martha Stewart, I'm pretty sure she's a weed person, isn't she? She smokes weed with Snoop Dogg. I think that's so... I don't know what they're doing here with these choices, but it's very clearly emblematic of the fact they have no values, no vision, no actual, you know, sort of operating procedure except for, hey, let's cave to these these woke ideals. And that's why somebody like Dylan Mulvaney got paid 185 grand and then they lied to the American public about it when they realized people were not cool with it. When it was like, oh, you know what? Actually, people don't seem okay with these, you know, I'm trying to, choose my words wisely these these trans agenda pushers okay going and pushing their agenda on our kids they're not okay with that and they're not okay with major companies going and paying for it you know because think about that 185 grand what has dylan mulvaney ever contributed to the world to earn 185 thousand dollars for promoting a beer and one one or two posts on tiktok think about that okay i mean honestly it feels more like money laundering than paying for an ad campaign it's just absolutely bizarre, but that's that's where we're at. So, jumping into this Elon Musk story, it goes like this: the media has been trying for a long time to frame Elon as racist. Okay, very clear that is the goal. They want to make the public believe that Elon is this massive racist. Who, by the way, we're talking about somebody who has built a business with every race in the world, okay? He has worked with every race, every country. Uh, it would be very difficult to get to where he's he's gotten in life being a just absolutely disgusting racist, okay? He would also, by the way, you know, I'm gonna jump tweets here. Um, he would be the first racist, I think, in history that says racism is evil. I mean, he, he thinks racism is evil against any race. It says here, all racism is evil. If that's something you can't agree with, then there is something seriously wrong with you. Elon Musk replies, yeah, okay? But Elon Musk is also telling the truth, okay? Jack Posobiec, good buddy, said white people are the only ones who are supposed to hate their own race in order to be considered good people, okay? And then Eva, I'm not even going to attempt that last name, um, but that looks cool, 
Vladinger Brick. I lied. I am attempting it. Okay. Everyone is allowed to be proud of their race, she says, except for white people, because we've been brainwashed into believing that our history was somehow worse than that of other races. That false narrative needs to die. And Elon Musk replied, yeah, this is super messed up. Time for this nonsense to end and shame anyone who perpetuates these lies. Um, which if you're an honest person, you should have no problem with, okay? They have been perpetuating a lie for years now that is anti-white in nature. You know, my family originally comes from Spain, came through Cuba, um, and my wife's Scottish. So like, it, it's so weird. Depending on your political orientation, I'm either white or not white. I don't know. That's up to you. I've never been particularly concerned about it, but my kids are definitely seen as white and my wife is definitely seen as white. And so, um, you know, I read this stuff and I think about, you know, through the lens of my wife and children, at the very least, you know, how are white people being treated? What what are they, you know, sort of going through today? And then I think through my own life lens, you know, and different things, which we'll get to in a second because there's a video you all have to see. Um, but, you know, then, then there's this tweet. Ashley St. Clair says, the amount of young people who think America invented slavery is concerning. And Elon Musk said, yeah, that utter nonsense is being taught to almost every kid in America. The truth is that we are all descended from slaves because throughout history, the vast majority of people have been slaves in one form or another. The end of the global slave trade was primarily driven by Britain in the 18th and 19th centuries. Correct. White people. White people generally were the ones who ended slavery the earliest Okay, in modern history, at least. Now, then you've got this tweet, which the media is also going crazy over, where Holmar's catalog said, Black guy, people shouldn't be racist against black people, judge people by the content of their character. And the crowd says, Yeah, they agree with him. Jewish guy says, And people shouldn't be anti Semitic. And the crowd says, Yeah, and they all agree with him. And then a white guy says, And people shouldn't hate white people either. And then the crowd says, Racist, get him. And Elon Musk said, Pretty, that's pretty much exactly how it works. Um, and that is absolutely true. And directly after these tweets, he gets uh, removed, you know, to, to our knowledge, he's, he's taken off unless he canceled himself, which I don't think happened because I saw photos of him at this event. It says Elon Musk, who was slated to speak at the APEC uh, CEO summit in San Francisco, was replaced with Biden climate czar John Kerry. OK, I think that, you know, it's very clear what's going on there and that sort of messaging in itself to replace him with a Biden admin official when the Biden administration is going after him with the full force of all the different levers of government that they control to try to investigate him up and down every which way to try to get him on something. Because again, wrong think is a crime according to this administration. So if you are not wholeheartedly supporting their narrative and assisting them in some way, especially if you are of means like Elon Musk, then you were considered an enemy of the state. And I think that's exactly how the Biden administration sees Elon Musk as an enemy of the state. And the truth, though, here is that Elon is getting to the heart of something that is very real. There has been a massive shift away from the idea of, hey, you know what? Let's just treat everybody the same way and let's let the content of people's character prove who they are. Let's not judge people by the color of their skin, which is really what we should all want. However, in the real world, how it's been playing out is something like this, okay? I'm going to show you guys a couple stories. This is one example where a gynecologist who caused a baby to be decapitated during a botched birth was cleared to return to work while that same government dropped a doctor who said the gender is given at birth. Okay. Um, and you can see the racial differences there. And then um, you've got movies getting wokeified every which way from, you know, characters being replaced, no longer being white, even though they've always been white characters. I mean, even down to literally Snow White. 
and then the studios or producers or people involved then calling the public racist for not wanting to engage with the woke content this just happened with that that uh you know the marvel project the director nia DaCosta, criticized critics of the woke marvel the marvels project as virulent and violent and racist and sexist and homophobic okay um this is what people have gotten used to and it sort of reminds i thought this was like a perfect way to describe it you know it's almost like in the marketing of the movie they're like this movie is not for you straight white people and then when it comes out and it fails they go why are straight white people refusing to see this movie and i mean i think that's a pretty accurate representation of what we see going on. But then again, even with crime, you see a cover up with crime based on race. Okay, so here's a recent example. Just this week, this guy Jacoby Johnson went on a mass stabbing spree at, uh, I believe it's Louisiana Tech. Yeah, Louisiana Tech. And he attacked and stabbed four white women, two who were in critical condition. Um, and those include a third district judge, Cynthia Woodard, artist Annie Richardson, retired teacher Debbie Holloman, and tech graduate student Dominique McCain. And these are those ladies, um, you know, prayers with their families and with them. But obviously, this story was not covered by the mainstream media the same way it would have been had it been a white student stabbing people. It just wasn't. They, they dropped it. They didn't cover it. And that has been become the norm with crimes like this um you know and then you look at the classrooms across america and what are you going to see you're going to see headlines like this i taught my fourth grade class about white privilege and their response was eye-opening teaching six-year-olds about privilege and power these are the norms that you're seeing across schools in america now is they're teaching kids a a mindset of you're either an oppressor or you are oppressed. And based on that definition, which is coming from the immutable characteristic of the skin color you were born with, that decides so many other things for your life, okay? And we're gonna get into like how how vile it is, the, the route they go with this, because I've got a video that just like, it says everything, okay? But I want to make a point as well about slavery, because it seems to, a lot of it comes back to slavery, as they say, you know, this is because of slavery in America. And again, I just want to know, at what point are we going to have an honest conversation? Because the United States of America ended slavery, and I am so glad that we did. It was one of the great horrors of our history. But you know what? That horror is going on today all over the world. In fact, in greater numbers than the entire transatlantic slave trade. There are over 50 million slaves right now in the world in modern-day slavery. In fact, you know, if you don't believe me, here's Axios, who's universally, you know, trusted by both the left and right, pretty much on on factual basis, and they also agree the number of people living in modern slavery has reached over 50 million since 2021. Okay, now let's go to a map. Okay, here's a map of modern day slavery of where it is most prevalent. Okay, and you know what? It's not prevalent in Europe. It's not prevalent in America. You know where it is prevalent? in Africa. You know where it is prevalent? Places like India. You know where it's prevalent? South America. Generally not white countries. Okay? You can look at this map and see where it is extremely prevalent. In fact, go to any listing of where modern day slavery is. You're going to find countries that are mostly minority countries engaging in slavery today. Where is that conversation? Because it doesn't play a role in our foreign policy pretty much at all as a country. I mean, we just kind of ignore that this goes on throughout the world. Modern day slavery doesn't just 
hit adults either. I mean, we're talking about children enslaved in labor trafficking, children enslaved in sex trafficking, forced child marriages, all types of things, okay? But we've got this weird sort of fascination with the sins of, you know, people who were, I guess today would be great-grandfathers, great-great-great-grandfathers, and, you know, attaching those sins to little innocent babies. That's not right. We're talking about kids in elementary school and middle school having these sins of what would be four generations, you know, however many generations back it is in their family, and saying, you know what, you're responsible for those sins and you're going to pay for it both socially and actually monetarily too, because without having reparations, this will never heal, which by the way, they also admit reparations will not heal this according to the activists on their side. They say that that's, that's not gonna satiate anything, but it just needs to happen anyways, okay? There is nothing more ludicrous than going and blaming somebody for the sins of their father, okay? I am not my father. My father, you know, um, God rest his soul, he made a lot of mistakes in his life. Um, and I'm sure I've made mistakes in mine, but I'm definitely not him, you know? And that's um, that's true for most people. They're, they're not their father, they're not their grandfather, they're their own person, they make their own choices, and they're responsible for those choices, okay? If slavery was going on today in America, there would be a legitimate gripe for people to have, okay? I would be right there with them. I would be an abolitionist to stop the slavery, okay? In fact, on a global level, my wife and I have spoken up about the modern-day slave trade, which many people in politics have not, okay? It is abhorrent, disgusting, and in every way should be rejected and should be broken down. And we should, we, I would argue we should use levers of power that we have over some of these countries to get them to stop engaging in the slave trade. Um, whereas our country has just ignored this problem. But I think that, you know, um, there's certain problems you can't ignore. You know, if, if you're doing trade with a country that you know is engaged in forced child marriages, I do think you have a, a duty, a moral obligation to step up and to, to, to do what you can to stop it. You know, I'm not saying put boots on the ground and go to war, but if you can use your, you know, sort of trade relationship to force them to come into, you know, some sense of a realistically moral world, you should do so. I don't think that should be controversial in any sense, but this is the reality that race has become in our country, is that white people instantly get branded racist for just saying, hey, I don't think I deserve to be judged for my skin color, and B, I don't think the conversation we're having about race is honest. You know, like they, they omit crime statistics from all of these conversations about race. The truth is, you know, there are some serious problems when it comes to racial disparities in crime, but we don't talk about that because that conversation has seemingly been not allowed for a very long time now, even though the statistics could not be clear. Could not be clear. And so Elon is having that conversation. I have to say, you know, I think that it is a conversation that is well past due. And I'm glad he's opening that conversation. And here, here's one of those racial crime statistics, actually, that is just ignored by the mass media. Over the last 64 years, a black person has been 39 times more likely to murder a white female than a white person has been to murder a black female. No, I did not say 39% more likely. I said 39 times more likely. Okay? 
Those are facts from the interracial murder ratio. These are based on law enforcement crime statistics showing the actual from murder convictions and murders. These are actual bodies. These are dead people. Okay, you can't argue with these numbers. And the media is mad at Elon Musk again for amplifying that by by showing that this is shocking. It should shock people. But it's a byproduct of not having the conversation, of not doing more to to stop this problem. And that's on us. And so, you know, part of that problem is the leaders we elect, you know, which we're going to get to in a second. But that's that's a big part of it. But I want to play you guys this video. I'm going to post this on social media because I think I think people need to see this video. It's an obscure, you know, I don't think people have seen it in years. I remembered it from about three or four years ago. I can't remember the exact year it came out, but it was, they did this white privilege uh, contest. And it's not the one you're thinking of. This actually happened over in England. And they did the thing where they have them all start on a line and they ask them a series of questions and they have to go back and forward. You'll see. I'm, I might stop it a few times, just make a little commentary, but I want you guys to see this going to be running a race. <laughs> However, your starting position in this race will be decided by the answers to questions that we are going to be asking you. Okay, what? <laughs> it's a joke. This activity is intended to explore how society favours one race over others. People often confuse white privilege with being wealthy or being rich and it isn't about that what it's about is the absence of having to live with the consequences of racism now if the question applies to you you will take a big step forward if the answer to the question doesn't apply to you you stay where you are. I better win, man. Okay, make sure you're on the start line. I see some cheaters already. Yeah, Feet behind the line. If English is your parents' first language, take a step forward. Okay, first of all, I'm going to stop there for a second. English being the first language of your parent does not give you privilege, okay? My mom's first language was Spanish, okay? She learned English. Uh, before she came to America and well she didn't know it entirely but she knew it partially and she learned almost like within months of, of living here okay it held me back in absolutely zero way as a child zero way I was held back not at all in fact you know what I would argue I actually had privilege because of it my mom being able to speak another language okay because she spoke to me in both languages she wrote you know would always um had me speak English out in out in you know the world, so I definitely was always better English speaker than Spanish. My Spanish is always rusty, but just having that ability to know and you know um, be able to understand another language is a benefit, especially in the United States of America. Okay, where you've got people coming from all over the place. Um, so the idea that these kids are disadvantaged because their parent might have learned a different language first before English is just ludicrous. But that's the premise they want you to believe automatically in these kids automatically. These are impressionable young kids. They immediately believe that somebody's parent speaking another language first means that they had less privilege. Okay, now let's continue. If you have ever been the only person in the room of your race, take a step backwards. Again, 
These are arbitrary things they're coming up with that have nothing to do with your position in life, okay? If I am the only person in a room full of, you know, people who are black, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to be able to do well. That, that idea in itself is actually racist, <laughs> okay? So it's their premise that is racist, Everybody is fully capable. When, when you talk about their capabilities, like say it's a math test, that's not a function of, okay, who in this room has the right skin color to do the best of the math test? Are there differences in the way people do math? I'm sure, but I mean, math is still two plus two equals four. You know, so this whole premise is just ludicrous, but this is what they're teaching kids. Now let's continue. Take a step forward. Okay. Again, this is a normal question. There is nothing wrong with asking people where they're from, where their family's from. People have asked my wife that, okay? Just out of pure interest. And she's white as can be, okay? I've been asked that. This is not a weird question. There is nothing racist about asking that question. But according to the premise of what they're teaching these kids, it is because that by itself, that question puts you at a disadvantage in life, okay? Ludicrous. If you have never had to be worried about your family being stopped and searched, take a step forward. I don't get worried about if people ask me to stop and search. By the way, this editing is so manipulative. If you didn't notice, it's supposed to be a news program, by the way, um, over in the UK. So at the beginning of this, you know, when, when they're starting the race, they, they made sure to include the black girl saying, I, I need to win this race. And then, you know, they take the voice of, of this kid. I mean, it's just, it's so manipulative, the whole thing. The divide widens and the inequality of their position becomes clear. This is just like not fair now. Okay. I just have to say again about the manipulative music. I can't, I'm sorry I keep stopping it, but the music, okay? It's like they just asked these kids, have you ever been beaten and had your, your legs broken for the color of your skin? I mean, they asked them ludicrous questions like, hey, were you super disadvantaged by your parent? Actually, they didn't even have the decency to ask it as a question. They posed it as a fact. If your parent spoke another language before English, take a step backwards because that had to have been so, just such a, such a heartache for you. It had to be so, such a, such a pain for your life. You know, like, it's just so dramatic. None of us are white. None of us are white. It's unfair. The last question. If your parents have ever warned you about racism, take a step backwards. <laughs> Are you guys, I mean, this is a joke, right? Every family has had a conversation about racism, okay? Mine, it was very simple. Racism is wrong. Don't be racist, okay? Don't judge people by the color of their skin. It's, it's, this is not a difficult concept, okay? If you raise your kids right, this is not a difficult concept, okay? It's just ludicrous. If we were about to start a race, is this a fair starting no. point for us all. No! Mackay, <laughs> how do you feel standing there in the field of runners? I kind of feel a bit alone. A bit alone. As I, I, I can't really see it. I'm literally just by myself, more or less. I'm just a bit, a bit frustrated and annoyed that society nowadays really isn't fair. And I just wish everybody could be equal. Farah! 
Okay, the people who made this are straight up evil. Okay, it's very clear that people have been coached, but this is what they're shoving down kids' throats all over, not just our country, but all over the West. Okay, throughout Europe, throughout the United States of America, these lessons are supposed to be this like, you know, honestly, you know what I would actually compare it to? This isn't education. This is a new age religion. That's what this is. This is a new age religion of wokeness. That is what is being taught in schools. And honestly, I think that would be a novel legal concept to go after. That this is this is religious indoctrination that they're doing in public schools by teaching a new age religion of wokeness to these kids, okay? If you had a public school doing this exact same thing but with the ideas of Judaism or Islam, it would be an instantaneous recognition that this was not an appropriate use of public school because, of course, you have Christians in the school. You've got other religions in the school. You can't go and take one religion's you know, belief systems as fact and teach it to everybody in public school. So, you know, why with this, why is this allowed? Because this has become a religion for the left. And, I mean, just look at these kids and how they're affected by it. It's frustrating that, like, me and Sarah are just standing at the back here while the majority of people who may be white are, like, standing right at the front. That just frustrates me a bit because it's almost as in what society is today. I, w I don't want this to be how it is, but it is. So it just gets a bit frustrating. You know what's frustrating to me is the fact that teachers made that young child believe that. That's what's frustrating to me. They made that child believe that sweet innocent child they they put in her head that white people are superior to her that's what they put in her head and they put in those other kids heads the same thing okay and that those those white people need to help these poor disadvantaged minorities okay as somebody who's latino i find that idea incredibly racist and offensive nobody is more capable than me because of the color of their skin or where their family's from or anything else and I honestly like it blows my mind this is even a conversation this should infuriate any minority the idea that yeah because of the color of your skin you're just not as capable so let's teach our children to just sit there and ask for a leg up from these superior white it's insane absolutely insane it should make you sick okay Henry how are you feeling being right at the very front um, it feels quite weird because if you think about it, um, I think all of us should be at the same point, but sadly the questions, um... I agree, buddy, and the questions are the reason why you're not at the same point, because your teachers are insane. The way that they were put didn't favour some people, which I think is quite unfair. You know, I think he's saying what we're saying, just in different words so he doesn't get in trouble. He even, I think, recognizes, yeah, these questions were bogus, so that's the reason some people are back there, and that's kind of not fair. It's kind of weird, and I'm in this weird position of being put up front now through no doing of my own. I was just born with this color skin, and actually, you know what would have been funny is to, like, look at his grades, because what would have been really comical is seeing that, like, he had, like, the worst grades out of all of them, okay, or something like that, because... The whole concept is so, it's it's just, I, I can't think of another way to describe it except for ludicrous and honestly evil and sinful. It is a sin to put this into a child's mind. An absolute sin. Children are born these innocent, beautiful creatures full of potential, and it's on us 
to help them unlock that potential, okay? If we don't do that, it is on us. If we poison those minds, that is on us. When you see Hamas poison a child's mind and make them believe they need to kill somebody because of their religion, you can recognize that's crazy. I don't care what political party you are. You can recognize that's nuts, okay? Unless you're nuts. You should be able to recognize this is nuts as well because this is the same thing in a different direction, okay? And it's all built around hatred for one race. And it's, it's got to stop. I think Elon Musk is absolutely right. It has got to stop. And, um, you know, it makes me think about the failures of our leaders, which has gotten me to thinking who we need as our leaders going into 2024. And the first one I've just absolutely settled on is this man here, Tucker Carlson. I think Tucker Carlson needs to be vice president of the United States. There is nobody in politics, uh, media or politician, that I have agreed with more on any one issue or on all the issues than Tucker Carlson. He has gotten it right consistently, and most of all, he has had a backbone. He's had a backbone on the issues. This was him just this last week in Spain, walking with the people who were uh, standing up against the socialist slash communist coup that's going on in Spain right now. Here's a video. So again, Tucker Carlson, here he is with President Trump. Um, he has really captured the the place the American people are at. You know, um, I like to say with this show, you know, the reason you're able to call in is, you know, because I want us to be a voice of the people. I want to have the people represented, a pulse of the people, where everybody's at on a day-to-day -day basis among world events and things going on. That's probably the best way to explain Tucker. Like he has been that guy. He has been that person who has consistently been there and he has fought hard and he has tried to make a difference in everything that he has done. I just, I trust the man, okay? And that is very, very, very rare in politics. Very rare. And I'm not just saying that because Tucker has good taste in the host, in the uh, guests he's brought on his show. Um, Yes, that's me in the background. But no, seriously, Tucker, and he looks very concerned at what I'm saying. But I was actually, I was like, we need to lock this down on the border, which he's not actually concerned about. He agreed with me entirely. Um, but my point is, is that we need men like this. Men who have a righteous heart that are doing this for the right reasons, who will fight as hard as can be. And that's what I know we could expect from him. So I truly hope, it looks like President Trump is going to win the primary. If he does, I would love for him to name Tucker Carlson as his vice president. I think Tucker, out of a sense of duty, would take that job. And I don't really care about the electoral math of it. Um, I think that he is so smart, he is so good on the issues, and he's so good with people that any presupposed politics or electoral math that consultants try to spit out about, well, maybe you have more advantage if it's a woman and vice president, or maybe it's more advantage if it's a minority, throw it in the trash can. Righteousness, goodness, and charm with people goes a long way. And Tucker is all of those things. Even with people who don't like him, he, he's great. He is fantastic. And I'm going to be putting together, actually, 
I have it almost done right now, but a full list of how I would staff out this administration. Um, and I think it's very important we have something like that so that people have something to run with. And some are going to be people we know, some are going to be people that are unknown, but the commonality they all have is righteousness and the ability to use levers of power within government, because I think that's the most critical thing for this next election is um, having a Republican president who will do that. You know, in the primary, I've said... I'm going to support who our candidate is, uh, period. I mean, there is no question about that. Um, I think Trump is running away with it, though. I mean, I think that the people who who believe some magic's going to happen, that he's just going to fall in the polls, I think are fooling themselves. He's, he's going up in the polls. Every time the Democrats indict him, he gets stronger. And that's just the reality of the situation, whether you love the guy or hate the guy. And I'm one of those people that, you know, I think sort of the the situation with Trump is this, you know, he was the best president of my lifetime. Um, and I have some disagreements with him on how he handled COVID. And I've always been honest about that. Um, I, I would talk to him about that. I've, I've talked to his son about it. Um, you know, I just, I don't agree with some of the stuff with, with the lockdowns, the masks, giving Fauci the Presidential Medal of Freedom. However, do I believe Trump is happy with all of the way things went? with COVID. No, absolutely not. I think, I think he understands mail-in ballots were a massive disaster, a huge mistake to allow to happen. And I think he understands that, you know, there's a number of other issues that if he could go back, he would do differently. Um, but you know, that's, that's sort of the thing is, um, there's some empowerment in that because, you know, it's, it's okay on our side to criticize these things. On the left, there's really not room for that criticism anymore. You've got these people who are just like, Biden can do no wrong, even though Biden is very clearly a flawed man. I mean, far beyond any flaw President Trump has with, with the campaign in 2024. And so I think people need to rally around, you know, our candidate. And I think that Tucker Carlson is the perfect person to pull everybody in and really bring unity to the general election on the Republican side, because he's well liked by everybody except for neocons and warmongers. Um, and, you know, those people probably belong in the Democratic Party anyways at this point. So, you know, that's my take on VP. I really think Tucker would be a fantastic choice. And, um, you know, I want to talk about this very bizarre situation with um, Os Osama bin Laden. He has this letter to America that's gone viral on TikTok. And all of the woke women on TikTok are essentially acting like this is this insane psychological moment where it was like they come to Jesus, that terrorism is suddenly okay, and that, you know, they were fooled about terrorism when they were a kid. I, I want to show you the video of these women that's going viral on TikTok, and then I'm going to actually read you a segment of the document so that people understand how insane this is. Letter to America, which is Osama bin Laden's letter to America explaining why he attacked Americans. And I am ashamed to say that I not only have never read this letter, but I didn't even know this letter existed. It's wild, and everyone should read it. If you haven't read it yet, read it. However, be forewarned that this has left me very disillusioned and I feel the same exact way I felt when I was deconstructing Christianity. I feel uh, a little bit just confused, like I have entered into another timeline. What is this? And yeah, so go read it. So I just read a letter to America and 
I will never look at life the same. I will never look at this country the same. I will never... I Please read it. And if you have read it, let me know if you are also going through an existential crisis in this very moment. Because in the last 20 minutes, my entire viewpoint on the entire life I have believed and I have lived has changed. Please read that entire letter. I need everyone to stop what they're doing right now and go read. It's literally two pages. Go read A Letter to America. And please come back here and just let me know what you think. Because I feel like I'm going through like an existential crisis right now. And a lot of people are. So I just need someone else to be feeling this too. I need you to stop what you're doing. Okay, so this goes on and on and on. When I say there are a ton of these videos, I mean a ton. I want to pull up part of this letter to America, okay? One of the things Osama bin Laden, or the person who purported to be him, and this has been out for a very long time, it says, as for the second question that we want to answer, what are we calling you to and what do we want from you? The first thing we are calling you to is Islam, okay? So they literally were asking... Essentially, as, as a quid pro quo, hey, we will stop attacking you if all of you convert to Islam because Islam is, quote, the religion of all the prophets and makes no distinctions between them, peace be upon them all, so on and so forth. It is conversion that they were asking for in order for, uh, for, uh, for them to stop attacking us, I guess. And there's more in the letter. It's all basically, if I could explain the letter in one way, okay? It is very carefully crafted propaganda to appeal to both sides, okay? They talk about, like, how the U.S. government has not been good environmentally, okay? So that's supposed to be attractive to the left. And then they talk about how the West and, and the United States have given themselves to immor immoral things like, you know, the LGBTQ agenda and things like that, um, which is supposed to, you know, go and make the right happy. So basically, it's supposed to, like, pull these two different sides um, in different directions that are supposed to lead them toward believing like they're justified in some way, Osama bin Laden and the terrorists that were with him. And uh, really, it's just propaganda. It probably wasn't even written by him. And, you know, the fact that people on TikTok can be fooled so easily. I mean, you've got to call this like TikTok brain, okay? That's, that's what's going on here. It's like TikTok brain. They get infected very easily with really stupid ideas, and they start to believe them. And so these women have been convinced that Osama bin Laden is somehow like a freedom fighter or something. Okay, um, we're talking about somebody who killed, you know, his his operation that was put together killed thousands of Americans. Okay, um, and you know there was a heavy cost to pay for that for sure in his own people, but that's a whole different story. And and he knew, you know, what he was getting into. But the fact that people can be captured by something this ridiculously, very clearly born out of propaganda is very it's scary honestly it really is um quick little note here two things one i actually i i, I agreed with cernovich on this um in large part he said everything you're complaining about online is being fully funded by the republican controlled house call speaker mike johnson now and ask why he supports the fbi's persecution of christians and veterans let us know what his office says that phone number is 202-225-2777 that is the number to call speaker mike johnson and 
I just want to say, you know, I wouldn't put it quite like that, but what I would say is that the first half of this tweet is absolutely correct. Everything we're upset about is being fully funded by the Republican-controlled House. Okay? Those are the people we need to be making phone calls to right now. Those are the people we need to be putting pressure on, asking, what the hell are you guys doing? We just made another deal with Schumer to fund every Democrat pet project. We fully funded the DOJ. We fully funded all of these prosecutions against our side. And at the meantime, I mean, they're laughing in our face. The left is laughing in our face. Look at this, okay? While we fully fund their prosecutions and their DOJ and all this craziness from the left, the special counsel they named to investigate Biden's classified documents case from his time as vice president, when he did not have the power to declassify documents, as VP, you cannot do that. And you cannot do that as senator when he was senator. Those documents, those classified documents were found at his house and investigated. They're not expected to charge anyone, okay? They're apparently going to just be, quote, critical of Biden and his staff for the way they mishandled sensitive materials, but bring no charges. This is Hillary Clinton's private email server all over again, says Greg Price. Um, I, I would take it, you know, a step further. Think about this. President Trump right now is facing literal prison time over classified documents that he could declassify as president of the United States. Okay, so they have this whole other case out of the DOJ going after Trump that they have charged him for, that he could go to prison for. Again, documents that he could declassify as president and documents that he has said he declassified. On the flip side, you have Biden mishandling classified documents and keeping documents that were classified that he was not supposed to keep as vice president and as senator. And guess what? They're expected to press no charges. Special counsel Robert Herr not expected to charge anyone in connection with the mishandling classified documents connected to President Joe Biden. Okay? This is a multi-tiered justice system. I'm not even going to say two because it's worse than that. But it is a corrupt justice system. This is a department of injustice that should be clear to everyone at this point. I don't care what your politics are. If you can't see that, you have lost your mind. You have lost your mind. This is not a fair system. This is not an impartial system. Justice is not blind. Justice is apparently a Democrat. <laughs> that's the one thing that's clear. Justice apparently has a political party and is very active in it. Okay, that's what I get from this stuff. And I think that folks need to be honest about that, you know. Um, as you look at our government, too, you know, everything in D.C. that you see going on is really a reflection of, like, what's going on inside. And so I think it's no different with what we saw at the DNC last night. You know, um, this story shows... Approximately 200 people gathered in front of the Democrat National Committee headquarters in D.C. to protest the conflict in the Middle East. The, this is from the Capitol Police. They say that they've handled hundreds of peaceful protests, but last night's group was not peaceful. The crowd failed to obey our lawful orders. And they injured, I believe it was six police officers. They pepper sprayed our, the officers, attempted to pick up the bike rack, um, which presumably they were going to hit people with. Um, I mean, it was bad. You can see from this list. You can you can pause and, and read all that. But they, they injured six officers. Um, and then here's a video. Let's go! 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 Let's go!
That is DC. I mean, that is the Democratic Party. It's kind of funny that, you know, they... <laughs> It's kind of funny that these people are protesting outside the DNC because these people are the DNC's like activism arm. So you can see this is this is causing a real conflict right now, this whole situation in the Middle East, because these people are like the brown shirts for the Democrats and they're very upset about this whole thing. Um, you know, I think that that's only going to get worse, by the way. But it reminded me again of this other video I saw today. These are protesters in San Francisco at the Bay Bridge who shut down the Bay Bridge and I'll tell you why my take is them getting hard prison time. Throw them all in prison. Throw every single one of those people in prison and i'm talking hard prison time like honestly labor camp in siberia type stuff okay these people are not going to stop until an example is made people need to go to prison for this you are really kidnapping people honestly you're keeping them stranded hundreds of people on a bridge you are potentially getting them fired from their jobs worse than that you are potentially impeding their ability to get help in a medical emergency Okay, this is not a joke. The roadways do not belong to you to shut down and use as your play toy for activism. Knock it off. Nobody's interested in your BS. I don't care what your cause is. I really don't. It could be something I agree with like vehemently. And I want you thrown in prison if you are shutting down the roadway. It is insane. It is not your road to shut down and do your little protest. Leave everybody alone. And I can't think, honestly, of a better way to get me to hate whatever your cause is than shutting down the road and blocking everything off. I immediately detest you. I immediately detest your cause and want nothing to do with you and would like to see a Polaroid of you in like a polar prison where it's like freezing and there's ice everywhere just to know you're as uncomfortable as you made everybody else because this this what we just saw should never happen in the United States of America you should be able to protest absolutely go on the sidewalk protest your little heart out you all day wave your little flag tell everybody what a fascist they are knock yourself out okay I don't care you go do that that is your freedom knock yourself out but you get in that roadway you block the vehicles and stop people from getting to their jobs and get them fired or kill a baby because you stop and impede traffic when somebody's trying to get to a hospital to deliver a preemie and that kid needs to go into the NICU and they die because of your dumb, I'm not even going to say it, because of your stupidity. That's, I, I, I'm not okay with it. Okay, I think more people need to be a little bit harder on these issues and say, yeah, no, this is not a joke. We're not just going to put them in prison overnight. We need to make an example of these people. Okay, this is not a protest. This is a kidnapping. Honestly, some form of assault as well, because these people, you know, there are people, I guess you would charge that based on what happens. But if there is a medical emergency in there, charge them all with manslaughter if somebody dies. I mean, you need to get serious about this stuff. It's not a joke. And, and we've seen this in other protests, like during the BLM riots, where people died because they couldn't get medical care. Okay? This, this type of thing has got to stop. And the Democrats have got to stop encouraging it. But again, to the voters of San Francisco, you got what you voted for. This is what you voted for. You empowered these lunatics. Are you happy? Because the reason that it took so long for this to get shut down is because the police have been defunded. Okay? 
You guys went after the police. You made their jobs difficult. You made them afraid to do their jobs. You bastardized them in every way you could. And you ended up with a bunch of woke radicals shutting down your freeway, making you late to work, to your job you already hate, okay, if we're being honest. And now you're in trouble at work. So congrats. I hope you're proud of the way you voted. Next issue, uh, Rep. George Santos will not run for re-election following a damning report from the House Ethics Committee, says Katia Goba. Um, Citizen Free Press says that the House Ethics Committee finds, quote, substantial evidence that George Santos, quote, blatantly stole campaign funds and used them on Botox, OnlyFans, lavish trips to Atlantic City and designer goods. I think a wise decision not to run again, honestly. You know, if we're being honest, um, I do think people have had enough fun with the punching bag. Um, you know, he didn't he didn't kill anybody. Um, I mean, we've got some horrific stuff like I would say this. This this is my issue caring. Okay. Um, and I care about the ethics of it. I think that morally, you know, these things are wrong, what he did. But there's something that is much worse to me. And it's the fact that we have a congressional slush fund that nobody talks about that is a fund of taxpayer dollars that have been used to pay off people who have been sexually assaulted by elected politicians in our country. And Congress keeps it a secret who has been paid out. Okay. We don't need to know the names of the victims who've been paid, but I would like to know the dollar amount attached to each politician. So by their name, there should be a little dollar amount, like, oh, out of the slush fund, we've paid out 400000 for this congressman. I think that's a little more pressing, honestly. You know, this stuff, like, it's embarrassing. It's dumb. You know, I think that people should be paid back if they feel like they were defrauded in any way. And I haven't seen the whole report, so I can't, I can't speak to the veracity of everything, but that's, that's the headline. And I generally trust citizen free press. Um, but I do think that the larger issues are the ones being swept under the rug. And that's the stuff we really should be pressing on like this, this, it feels like a distraction. He's not running again. So, you know, why don't we focus on the stuff that really matters like that congressional slush fund and find out who's been, getting paid all this, you know, not who's getting paid all this money, but who has perpetrated acts that have resulted in people making claims out of this fund and our money getting spent to cover it up. I would like to know that. I think that that's something the American people deserve to know. Um, there's another thing I just thought was disgusting I saw today. CNN headline, if you're not familiar with the case of the Jewish man um, up in uh, Westlake Village who was hit with a megaphone, which resulted in him falling down and hitting his head and dying as a result, this was CNN's headline, okay? Arrest made in death of Jewish protester who fell and hit his head, okay? If you knew nothing about the situation, you would think that like the concrete was arrested or something, okay? Arrest made in death of Jewish protester who fell and hit his head. That sounds like he killed himself. That's what the headline sounds like, which is not the case. A pro-Palestinian protester hit him with a megaphone, which resulted in him falling over, hitting his head and dying, okay? That's why an arrest was made, because... He would not be dead if it weren't for that pro-Palestinian protester who made contact with him, hitting him with a megaphone. Okay, uh, but that's CNN. I mean, they're they're very clearly taking a side here, and so they slant that in everything they do. Um, I do want to go ahead and cover the situation. We had a hearing in Congress where they talked with Chris Ray. And this member of Congress um, had some very interesting things to say to Chris Ray. I think you all need to hear. He was communicating with his FBI handler 
while people were entering the U.S. Capitol. Can you confirm that the FBI had that sort of engagement with your own agents embedded within the crowd on January 6th? If you are asking whether the violence at the Capitol on January 6th was part of some operation orchestrated by FBI sources and or agents, the answer is emphatically You're saying no? No. You're saying no? Not violence orchestrated by FBI sources or agents. Are you familiar with, with, you know what a ghost vehicle is? Director, director of the FBI certainly should. You know what a ghost bus is? A ghost bus? Ghost bus. I'm not sure I've used that term before. Okay. I just have to stop this to note that I immediately thought of Ghostbusters. Well, it's pretty common in, in law enforcement. It's, it's a vehicle that's, that's used for secret purposes. It's painted over. These two buses in the middle here, they were the first to arrive at Union Station on January 6th, 0500. I have all this evidence. I'm showing you a tip of this iceberg. Mr. Chairman. These two buses Mr. are Chairman. painted completely white. Point of order. Point of order. Sure. Just run over the time. This is where the Democrats are trying to stop him. I understand, but you'll recall that Ms. Jackson Lee's been allowed to go two minutes before. I've been very fair in letting people finish their questioning throughout my tenure as chairman, and I'll continue to be fair on that regard. But I will make a note to the members, if you could stay as close within your time as possible, we have a lot of people that want to ask these gentlemen questions. So with that, the gentleman yields. But uh, your, your point, I've been very fair in this, Mr. Ivey, with everybody on this side of the aisle just as much. I don't think I accuse you of being unfair, Mr. Uh, Chairman. Uh, you're, you're making a point. Order. Okay, thank you. Uh, I now recognize, now recognize Mr. May Gray. I close this, this statement, uh, Mr. No, Mr. Chairman? No, I, I, think, I think your time is expired, Mr. I note that, that other members across the aisle have been, been granted time, and I object well, to, my, to my question being, well, being closed. This is a very significant hearing, Mr. Chairman, and these buses are nefarious in nature and were filled with FBI informants dressed as Trump supporters you, and you, deployed onto our Capitol on January 6th. You made, your day you is your, coming, Mr. Your Ray. Point, Mr. So he ended that with your day is coming, Mr. Ray. And this I just want to I want to show you guys. This is from him presenting this. These these are the buses he's talking about. If you guys can see those on screen. Um, and, you know, what I've been told about this is that it was very nefarious in nature, that there were people bust in that were posing as Trump supporters who were not Trump supporters and that the FBI has not gone after any of these people. I don't know whether that's because they're informants or if they're FBI agents or what the deal is. I don't know. I just know that this it, it, it smells fishy. And if I've learned anything in the past few years, it's that if it smells fishy, it probably is fishy. Um, it's probably a fish. So, um, you know, I, I would generally tell people that I think this is a story worth watching and pursuing and keeping an eye on, and we will, and we'll bring it to you if there's more updates on it. Um, I will say um, there's a few other voter fraud things I want to show you guys. We'll be wrapping up fairly soon. If anybody wants to call in for the end of the show, call in at 615-703-5888, um, and we talk about any of these stories, whatever interests you. But, um, you know, I wanted to, to let you guys know some people have asked how they can support the show and the content that we're doing. And I would say, you know, there's multiple ways. One is get with Patriot Mobile, patriotmobile.com, use promo code Starbuck, switch your phone service over to them, get away from the big legacy providers, all the big companies out there 
they use your money to help spread wokeness. They're taking your money for phone service every month and they're putting it into woke ideologies. Patriot Mobile is using it in good places that, that back the type of things that we care about. They're flipping school board races so that they don't have porn in schools and all this craziness in schools. Patriot Mobile has a backbone and their service is fantastic. You can keep your phone, keep your phone number. It's just changing your monthly cell phone bill, okay? That's it. It's super simple. Their service is fantastic. You will see no difference in that regard from my experience. Go to promo code Starbuck, okay, at patreonmobile.com. Just use that and you're going to get free activation. That's one way to support the show. Another one is to go to bravebooks.com and get this book for your kids or grandkids for Christmas, Putting Pirates and the Problem with Power. That is my children's book that I did with Brave Books. It is a really good book. You'll see from the reviews. It is literally all five-star reviews. This book has made such a tremendous impact on everybody who's gotten it. Um, as you can see in these from schools and teachers to grandparents and parents, the these books, you know, uh, specifically this one that I wrote for them has just had the best reception from families and from kids who just love this and it has become their favorite book and I couldn't be more proud of it. Um, it's so funny when I was first approached with the idea of doing a children's book, I was like, yeah, I don't know if that's something that I would really do. Um, and weirdly you know especially being a dad having three kids it's ended up being something that i'm really proud of i think it's had a great impact on kids teaching them the importance of the constitution so if you want to help support the show that's one way to do it is go to bravebooks.com get that book put in pirates and the problem with power or patriotmobile.com and switch your phone service over to them um and you know some people have asked how do you get involved and in these activist issues where I'm very involved, where we're changing laws and doing things, I'm proud to be partnered with Americans for Prosperity. So if you go to AFPTN on any social media, that's at AFPTN or search Americans for Prosperity out, reach out to them, get involved on the activist basis, go knock doors, be a part of change. I think that that couldn't be more important at this time. And that's another way to to really make a difference. Um, but if you're one of those people, you just want it super easy, you can subscribe um, on X, formerly Twitter or on Instagram, there's a subscription button $5 a month, that's less than the price of one coffee at a woke Starbucks coffee place. And that helps support the show and the content documentaries films we're going to be putting out. So um, jumping into this next story, you know, this goes along the lines of the voter fraud. A meta is now allowing Facebook and Instagram to run political advertising, say that, saying that the 2020 election was rigged. This is funny, honestly, really funny, because uh, funny in a sick way, not in a haha way. Okay, um, this is sick. It, it really is sick. Because back during that election, you were treated like you should be thrown in prison if you said anything about the election potentially having problems. Do you remember? This is the safest election of all time. I mean, it couldn't get more ridiculous. It was so over the top and theatrical the way they did it. I couldn't believe anybody was falling for it. Whether this is the safest election of all time. And like, meanwhile, we all know somebody who got like 30 ballots mailed to their house. Okay. Um, it was it was a joke. And I think most reasonable people knew it was a joke and that there was serious problems, you know? And um, I think this next video sort of helps explain that. So we're gonna, we're gonna watch a video real quick. Exclusive state and local officials are looking into allegations of attempted voter fraud in Lawrence, and we've exclusively obtained video footage from a Lawrence man's home appearing to show a woman removing ballots from his mailbox. ABC 10's Darren Botello spoke with Secretary of State Bill Galvin about all of this. Darren, what did he have to say? 
Well, right now, there are two police reports alleging voter fraud in Lawrence at this time, and there could be more on the way. We are told that there is an investigation going on at both the state and local level, and one man tells us he actually caught a woman on camera going into his mailbox stealing ballots. This is the ring camera video appearing to show a woman taking out three ballots from a Lawrence man's mailbox. This is the man who didn't want to be identified, but says he went to go vote in person on election day last week and was told, according to the list, he already voted. That's when he checked his camera footage and then contacted police. The Essex County District Attorney's Office and Secretary of State, William Galvin, are now looking into any allegations of potential voter fraud. We're going to get all the ballots out of Lawrence, we're going to get all the mail-in ballots, and we're going to review everything and all the provisionals and reconcile the list. And a further investigation contacting some of the people who allegedly voted by mail needs to be done, we will do it. There are two reports... Okay, I want to stop everybody real quick. Okay, I'm sure that guy's going to investigate really hard. Here's the truth. Democrats are going to do everything to hide stories like this. And the reason why is very simple. You don't need an investigation to understand what's going on in that video, okay? You just use common sense. Ask yourself a very simple set of questions. Number one, what makes more sense? Does it make more sense that somebody would go to some random stranger's house, steal their ballot to vote one time? Or does it make more sense that somebody would only take that type of risk committing criminal fraud that you go to jail for? in a mass ring where they intend to do it to flip the results of an election. Which one is more logical? It's more logical that this is part of a criminal enterprise. People don't just go steal ballot for fun to vote, okay? Like, I get that some people are excited about voting, but nobody's that excited about voting, okay? That's, it's very clear what's going on here. Anybody with any semblance of, like, a brain understands what is going on here. This is part of a grand theft. We have seen how many of these videos now across the country. Next question you ask yourself, would we be seeing all of these videos of this happening if it was not effective in some way? The answer is no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't be seeing this happen because people would say, hey, the risk is not worth the reward. It is only happening because the risk is worth the reward. Okay, so don't fool yourself about what's going on. It is very clear. And next time you have this conversation with somebody, try to walk them through these very simple questions. You don't need 3,000 videos and timestamps and, hey, this, this, this election was off by this many votes or that many votes. Now let's go track them all down. Somebody needs to go do that in law enforcement, okay? Um, they're not doing it. They're doing a terrible job on purpose. The people in charge at the very, very top are preventing law enforcement from even being able to do that. But on a local micro level, when you're having these conversations with people, even friends and family members, just ask them these simple questions. Show them one video of this, then show them a couple others, and then just say, which one makes more sense to you? And would they be doing this, committing such a crime and taking this risk if the risk was not worth the reward? That's it. It's that simple. It's that simple. I mean, it is common sense. This is two plus two equals four stuff. Um, next story is this one. This is another thing that the media is going to be very mad at Elon Musk for. 
He responded to this Wall Street Journal story that says it's time to end magical thinking about Russia's defeat. Putin has withstood the West's best efforts to reverse his invasion of Ukraine, and his hold on power is firm. The U.S. and its allies need a new strategy, containment. Elon Musk said the tragedy is that so many people from both sides died for a year for nothing. That is absolutely correct in every way, and of course it will make the left and the media angry like crazy. I mean, that actually might be the one that got him uh, removed from that speaking event today. Because these people were all in on this as their current thing, and they needed, like, they all believed that Russia was losing the war. Russia was never losing the war. I said from the very beginning that this is a place we should not be encouraging a conflict. We should be encouraging peace and deal-making to get this put put to bed, okay? And we should be a part of that by making sure that, you know, we, we keep NATO where we're not encroaching any further. And... Instead, I got called a, a Putin, a Putinophile. What do they call them? They put a Putinophile, a, a pro-Putin pusher. <laughs> I don't know. They've got some weird names they like to use for this. Okay, basically pretending I was pro-Putin. I'm not pro-Putin. Period. I'm not. Um, I, I think the whole thing is crazy. But you know, and I've criticized Putin for invading Ukraine. But you look at this issue. It was very clear from the beginning that Ukraine had no chance against Russia. And the only way they would have a chance is if the U.S. put boots on the ground, which is absolutely out of the question. We are not putting boots on the ground. That's out of the question. Okay? And so when it was, you know, lobbied around by the administrative state and the State Department and all these crazy people in foreign policy world that we go and we dump billions of dollars into this war, I said, it's nuts. You're just sending a bunch of young Ukrainians to die. What, to make it 3% easier if we did get into a war with Russia potentially because we have somehow impaired their ability to carry out a full-scale war? Maybe 3 or 5%. If we're lucky, 5%. You know, if we're really lucky, we have, we have hurt them to a degree where, you know, it's 5% less difficult in a war in the future between us. But again, for how long? Maybe in a year or two, they'll be right back to where they were, okay? So the whole idea was always stupid, but the idea was essentially from our foreign policy apparatus, let's sacrifice the bodies of young Ukrainian men in exchange for possibly making it a little bit easier, possibly in the future, should we go to, into a ground war with Russia, which by the way, if we get into a ground war with Russia, we are very likely also in a ground war with China at that point, okay? Because they, they're very close. I mean, they are at the hip with each other now. And they were not at the hip with each other when Trump was in office. This is something when the Democrats got in there, they pushed them together, okay? Now they're like conjoined twins, okay? Now, and you know what I forgot to do? I forgot to show you guys a video. Um, I want to show you guys a video. I hope I have it. This is a video. I do have it, okay? This makes me sick, Okay. So President Xi comes to America. The Democrats all get together to watch Gwen Stefani in San Francisco and have a good old time while the world burns.
first of all, Kamala's husband needs a lot of work on the dance moves. Those are an embarrassment to our country and, frankly, um, should be sanctioned in some way, in my opinion. However, um, that image, though, of all of them, you know, Justin Trudeau, Jill Biden, Kamala, Kamala's husband, you know, all those all those folks in the scene. It's just the wrong place, wrong time thing. You know, see, I'm one of those people, I think that generally one of the few ways that we give politicians a little bit of a hard time is like, yeah, they, they do have a personal life. You know, they do do things that are like supposed to be, quote, fun. You know, you can't always be like, well, you should be doing this. But there are times in history and positions within the government where it is just not cool, Okay. You are vice president or president or in Trudeau's case, you know, prime minister of a country during a time of, you know, really a lot of people feeling crisis. Going out to a concert and partying and being like doing really terrible dance moves. I just I think it's in very bad taste. I think I think it's pretty vile, especially when you clean up a city that has literally been overrun with crime and homelessness in like two seconds. The, the, the speed at which they clean that place up is absolutely, it should make your head spin. It should make your head spin. It's ludicrous how fast they got that cleaned up. And so it tells you everything about these people. They just, they just don't care enough. They don't care enough about the American people. When it's for their little party to have celebrities out and sing songs with their communist leader for coming in from China, everything will be cleaned up. Everything's going to look beautiful. Everything's going to be put together. The minute he leaves, I bet you anything. They even, you know, I saw one thing. They had this row on a street where they have trash everywhere. And now it's got potted plants that they brought in. Okay. They had trash and homeless tents and everything before. Now it's these beautiful planters. I bet you that sometime in the next month, those planters disappear and they are replaced with the homeless tents again. Okay, I bet you, I bet you anything. And it's not that they're gonna be stolen either. It's that the city is going to come and remove them. Watch, I bet you guys, I bet you that will happen. You know, I would love to be wrong, but I bet you guys it'll happen. Um, next story I wanted to talk about, the Hill put out this story. They said, former President Trump signals he is out for revenge in a second term. He told supporters that he would, quote, direct the Justice Department to investigate every Marxist prosecutor in America. And then they, of course, put this picture where he looks angry. Okay, this is just media manipulation. But I do have this to say, okay? If the media or the left believe that this, this quote, Every Marxist prosecutor in America, if they believe that every Marxist prosecutor in America being investigated is what revenge looks like, they would hate to see somebody cut from my cloth in any sort of position of power like President Trump would be if he won the presidency. Because if somebody like me was in the presidency, they would not be worried about investigations anymore. As far as I'm concerned, we've investigated enough. I think you need to work with the governors of every state to immediately fire, use your political leverage to fire every far left prosecutor that is in a red state. And that is a lot, actually. There's a lot of big blue cities inside of red states. Fire these Soros DAs. It is possible under the law. We've already seen Florida do it. It is possible because they are not enforcing the law, which is a violation of their oath and their duty. And so if they're refusing to enforce the laws of the state, you have them thrown out of their jobs and you replace them. Okay, period. There should be no investigation. These people are failing. Sky-high crime under them. There should be no investigation. We know what is happening. Just look at the statistics. If you find a handful of cases 
where they've gone woke and they didn't prosecute or they let pedophiles out of prison, you turn around and you fire them so fast their head spins, okay? Then you can investigate for potential criminal liability, but get them out of these jobs. That would be just like the bare minimum. But on top of that, gut the bureaucracy, gut the administrative state, gut all of these regulations. The regulatory state is a disaster. Get rid of all of it, okay? Get rid of all of it and then break up all of the major institutions throughout the government. Take them out of D.C., restaff them, go through a new hiring in other states, make each agency representative of the United States of America. That means you're going to have more of an equal split, more of an equal split of Republicans, Democrats, independents. So that is a true reflection of America, because right now, most of those agencies are staffed by 90% Democrats. So what do you think is going to happen within them? They're going to be weaponized. So if their idea of revenge is this, and they're so afraid of that, the Justice Department potentially being asked to investigate Marxist prosecutors, they would hate to see what would happen if somebody like me was in there, because it would be a lot more aggressive than that, okay? And I'm glad Trump is going there. And I'm going to push for him to go further than that because you've got to go a lot further than investigations. People want results. And you know what? You can, you can, you can say a lot of things about the Democrats, but they, they get results for their side. They are politically prosecuting people, okay? They're getting away with everything. And I'm not saying we should act like them. You don't need to. These people are actually doing horrific things they're getting away with. I mean, just look at this, how the cases are being treated differently with Trump and with Biden right now with the classified documents. Then look at how Hunter's been treated, kid gloves the whole time. Anybody else did what he did. If I did what he did, I'd be in prison. I'd be, I'd be in prison for a very long time. Donald Trump Jr. did what Hunter did. He'd be in prison already, very long time. No question. Okay, so I think that they're pretending to be afraid of something that is not really that scary, Okay. They, they should be fearing a lot more than that. That's my opinion. I think that there's a lot more fear that needs to be put into these people who have done so much to hurt our country and the next generation. I think that that, that is what they deserve. Um, so this story is kind of sad. You know, 90% of Germans still uh, believed in God in 1949, but today that number is only 50%. And only 20% understand God in a biblical sense, according to a new study. That's really sad. That is an enormous loss of importance placed on religion and God. And it's no wonder that Germany is so lost. That is a country that is so lost right now. Spiritually lost. You know, their identity is lost. I think that, you know, again, this goes back to the sins of your fathers and grandfathers, thing. I think they really adopted that as an identity in some ways. And it has done such enormous damage to them instead of being their own people and moving on um, and and doing the right thing and, and sort of like moving forward with their lives in a direction that's going to be positive and embracing God and faith and, and, and freedom. Instead, they've embraced this mass migration, you know, that has brought in people who fundamentally hate German culture, German people, and the God that most Germans believe in. That would be, you know, they're Christian. So the people they're bringing in being Muslim, they're not fans of Christianity. You know, they consider Jesus a prophet, yes, but, you know, the, the people coming in are not, we'll say they don't desire living in a Christian country. They all believe that Islam is political and at the end of the day want to live in an Islamic country. And they would like Germany to become one. 
they uh, they're not looking to to export back to a country. They're looking to convert this country that they're living in. Okay, we just got to be very real about that. That's where it's at. Do y'all remember this? Target, they lost uh, a bunch of money. They had a big sales dip for the first time in six years amid the Pride Month backlash after they stuck all kinds of crazy stuff in the kids section, um, all kinds of trans propaganda and everything. Well, they made a new hire I wanted to introduce you guys to. Meet Eric Thompson, senior LGBTQIA plus segmentation strategist and Pride lead with pronouns of he, him. Okay, They made sure to note that on their LinkedIn. Um, they're at Target headquarters there, and uh, even though they were sued by investors over backlash to their LGBTQ merchandise and their massive financial hit over the crazy stuff they put in the kids section, they hired this person who goes by Gay Cruella on Instagram, who says they want to make art arty and they want to make trouble, and that is in reference to their job. They want to make trouble. Honored to get to start on a new body of work and lead Target's LGBTQIA plus multicultural merchandising strategy and pride businesses for the company and the LGBTQIA plus plus allied community. It's a mouthful. Um, anyways, they're very clear. They want they want to do bad things. They want to make trouble. Okay, that's what it says. I want to make trouble. You don't say that at your job. You're not like I want to make trouble at my job. Okay. Um, that's not, that's not something that should be your goal at your job. I would like to make trouble and cause problems because the last person who was in that job, they caused problems. They had, you know, lawsuits and the first dip in sales and, you know, I mean, bad things happened. My message to the people again is this, what I've said from the very beginning, do not give your money to people that hate you. Do not give your money to companies that hate you. Okay. Draw a line in the sand and stick with it. Okay. The boycott against Target was not a week long, not a month long, not a couple months long. Just stay away from Target, period. Replace them, okay? Target has to learn a lesson long term that this is not going to be acceptable to the American people, okay? And it shouldn't be. Nobody should accept this as a norm. Nobody should. I want to give some uh, props to MTG, who introduced an amendment that prohibits funding for the promotion, implementation, or enforcement of CDC recommendation to add the COVID vaccine to the child and adolescent immunization schedule. I would add to that, I don't think the government has a place creating this schedule and requiring anything. I really don't think they do. We live in a free country. I think our founders, um, you know, inherently agreed with these ideas that, you know, I mean, you could make a recommendation. That's that's one thing. But I, I honestly don't even think that's really the government's place. I would say it's between, you know, medical professionals that families trust and their kids and, and, and the parents. You know, it's really between the parents and the and the medical professionals, honestly. But um yeah, I think we've got just a couple more stories here today. Um and then and then we're out. Really actually there's just one Two more stories. One was this by Libs of TikTok. Um, outside of Fremont High School in Oakland, California, they removed the American flag and replaced it with a Palestinian one. So they took the American flag off this school and replaced it with the flag that Palestinians use. I want you guys to think about it. That is crazy. If you don't want to be in America that badly, please leave. We will set up a fund. We will fund you leaving. Just need to give up your citizenship. That's always been my only requirement. No leftist has taken me up on it yet. All these leftists who wear the communist chase shirts and all that crap, I have offered them the same deal. 
We will fund your ticket out of the country. We will help you get out of here to whatever communist country you want to pick. You just tell us, and all I ask is you renounce your citizenship. That is it. That's all you've got to do. Renounce your citizenship, and I will I will get you. We will fund it, get you to move to whatever communist country it is that you want to go to. Okay? The last thing is, if you haven't seen this yet, I'm going to play us out with this. Um, this is the... Uh, pink issue if you guys didn't see pink came out and she was supporting all these quote banned books as she called them she wanted to pretend that there were no pornographic books in kids schools well we made a little video for her that um is now going all around the internet feel free to screen record take it post it wherever you want to people need to see this message and hold pink accountable Pink, last night you posted a fake list of books that you say are banned in the entire state of Florida. Well, they're not. That's why you got Community Noted, better known as a fact check, letting the public know that in fact these books are not banned in the entire state of Florida, and actually some of them are on the required reading list. In California, though, if you go to Burbank, yeah, that To Kill a Mockingbird book is banned in that Democrat-run city. People jumped on you last night to let you know these are not the books that we want out of schools. The books we want out are literal porn, to which you replied, show me the porn graphic books and then you proceeded to make jokes essentially saying that the MAGA cult is mad about this. Yeah, people are mad that kids are being served porn in school. It's not right. So maybe you'll figure that out after you listen to this video. Somebody sent me this. I assume this is not you. I'm assuming this is AI, but maybe it'll wake you up to hear a voice that sounds like yours reading one of these books. This book is called This Book is Gay. Two men can pleasure each other in a variety of fun ways. A good handy is all about the wrist action. Rub the head of his back and forth with your hand. Try different speeds and pressures until he responds positively. In the absence of a vagina, gay and bi men make excellent use of the back door. Books have held a special joy for me from the time I was a child and as a mom of two young readers, I can't imagine letting someone else decide what my children can and cannot read. So Pink, can you just come out and say that porn should not be in kids' schools? You know what you just listened to is not appropriate for kids. You can't call this a book ban because parents don't want that filth around their kids. So please, if you have any honor, any integrity, you will stand up and you will say, Pornographic materials like this do not belong anywhere near children, especially not in their schools. So that's my challenge to you. Don't make this political. Make this about keeping kids safe. Stand up and say, you know what? I did post a list that was inaccurate. The entire state of Florida has not banned these books. And you know what? Yeah, I do stand against porn being in kids' schools. Literal, actual porn. Pink last so um, just to be disconcerting, you can see my face behind my face right now. But um, as we close out today, I just wanted to point that out. That's weird. Um, it's like there's two of me, which would make my life a lot easier. Uh, but thank you guys for joining us today. We are wrapped up. In fact, we went long today, but we will see you guys soon. And eventually soon, as we're lining things up to go, eventually soon we will have a permanent time we tell you guys about um, where you can just, you know, clock in. That is the time every day that the show will be on, and we'll let you guys know as soon as we have that, but something to look forward to. Again, if you want to support the show, go and subscribe on my X page or on Instagram. You can just click subscribe, $5 a month, less than the price of a coffee to support all the projects we're going to be doing and getting your news here. So thank you guys.